Blog Talk Radio. Today is, wow, we're, we're, I think, on the 8th, so tomorrow will be the 9th, and then Mother's Day is on Sunday, so that will be the 10th. So we're just rolling along in May. Tomorrow we are going to start, or no, what am I saying? Today we are opening businesses in L.A. Not all businesses, it's all curbside pickup, but the people who worked in the places will be working in, like, clothing stores and bookstores but they aren't opening salons, so no one's getting their hair cut, and nail salons, because our first case in California was from a nail salon, if you could imagine. So we're all talking, we're all getting excited, but like this timid excitement, right? Because we have to go out and figure out how to protect ourselves, and we're not going back to whatever was normal. Because we have learned some things in this time. So one of the things I learned in this time, believe it or not, is that anxiety, personal anxiety, is different than being anxious over your circumstances. But personally, a bunch of questions about, wow, you know, what do I do now, now that I'm excited? I'm excited about the things I'm thinking about. I'm excited to get started on anything. It's not just getting started, getting back to the way life was because I haven't met or heard from one person who said they wanted everything to be the way it was. So I'm trying to put all the questions into one thing because when your inbox blows up, it's amazing. But I try to do videos that also lighten the circumstances, because they're just daunting when you think, wow, and you can get it if you do this, and you can get it, and you just feel like you're this moving target. And having fear alone, by the way, just having fear alone will reduce your immune system. So pay attention to how important thinking is, but for the most part, people who haven't gotten it or heard of someone who, who have it or had it, they are more hopeful in the sense that they can protect themselves from it because they feel like, well, they've protected themselves so far. So what is happening emotionally to our minds, to our brains, when it comes to things like anxiety and how we feel about ourselves in all of this. Because we had to face and are still facing, but differently now, 
It's like the weather is warmer, the sun is shining. We're like, oh, my gosh, something normal again. Because for a while it was, you know, cold and it was raining and it was snowing. And on top of it we had this issue and and we just, no one knew what to think about first, what was worse than the last thing they heard. And then we started to distance a little bit from all the information, which was great because it gave us a chance to rebuild the way we feel emotionally so that we have the tools to look things in the eye and to face them. And the kinds of anxieties we felt, before it was all personal, all about us, you know, okay, I don't feel good, this happened to me, that happened to me, this is gone, this is this is here, this person doesn't like me, I didn't get this job, I did get this job, whatever it was that caused us anxiety before, all that went away in a puff of smoke because we couldn't do anything about anything. And once we realized that and we took this deep breath and we stayed home, what were the things we did spend time on? and are still spending time on, and are benefiting from. One thing is that every single one of us has a stronger sense of self-leadership. We feel like, wow, you know, I made it through this so far. And I was home and I figured out a way. I figured out a way to be home. The self-awareness that you are feeling now towards yourself, this is something we least enjoy spending time on. We would do anything other than face ourselves. We would call someone on a phone. We would go out and meet someone for coffee. We would do this. We would, you know, go shopping. We would go get our nails done. We'd go get a massage, whatever it is we got. Left us with time to spend and self-awareness, because it was gone. And then we started seeing how much time in our own lives that we were wasting. And now we're starting to feel confident that we do know who we are. And we also, more importantly, know who we are not, and we're not beating ourselves up over it. cannot tell you how many people told me that they like what they found. Like, hey, I'm not that bad of a person. Why did I spend so many years thinking that? And then whatever tendencies we have, those impulsive tendencies that had nowhere to go probably felt really weird in the beginning. But by now... We've balanced that out. We've had to take the deep breath, whether we wanted to or not. In small steps, like spending time, even if it was only 60 seconds, to write down things you had to do or what you think or what you feel before you started your day. Do you feel fearful? Do you feel worried? Do you feel angry? We went through all these emotions. We grieved our old life because all of us deep inside knew all these people who are fighting for things to just go back to normal 
we don't just twitch our fingers that we are human beings and that we have to be conscious of our health. Nobody's going to come and take care of our health. We are responsible for that. Whether they tell us to go out or not or they tell us to stay home for two months or whatever it is anyone tells us, nobody's with us all day. We're with us all day. So Christ's little aha moment to us is, wasn't so bad, was it? Isn't so bad, is it? Because all the times where your fear got really, really high, you still went to sleep and you still woke up the next day. And as you started going from one day to the next, self-accounting, within us started to refine. And I I hope that answers, for, especially for the new people who wrote me, self-accounting is literally understanding your own role in your own life, taking responsibility for the decisions you made, blaming other people for things you know you decided to do is what gets people in that state of a running mind where you constantly are trying to figure out how to outsmart the next thing and how to hide this and nobody will ever know type of stuff. That, nowhere. And we found that out, especially now in this time that we had not having anyone to sell our stories to. We had to try to sell them. And then we're like, well, That's not true. Well, that's not entirely true. We know the truth. But we got really good at dancing around the truth. And then when the music stopped, all we could hear was that deafening quiet. And then all the good stuff started showing up. So the first thing that happened to us was hitting that self-awareness. And then we started to feel empathy, to break things down, to actually start to practice them, to stop ourselves from what we were doing, thinking, imagining we are another person, like, wow, what if that happened to me? How would I deal with this? putting things in order. And probably for the first time in some people's lives, I know there's a couple, I've been following them because I'm so interested in what they made a decision to do. But once we had social distancing, they were going to move in together at the end of May, I guess, when their work schedules opened up. But When this happened and they knew they couldn't see each other, they moved in together with this whole shutdown. And at first, the girl never cooked, never cleaned. She was actually most comfortable in kind of a a little bit of an upheaval around her. But she realized that that upheaval around her was her brain, a reflection In that time, in this time, she sends me pictures. Now, she never cooked before, 
She sends me pictures of the meals that she makes. She sends me videos of her cooking them. She sends me photos of all the chairs on top of the tables after she mopped the floor, which I'm amazed at her transformation in this time. But what she did, and I think this is the critical thing, because these are people that are in their early 30s. They're not younger kids. They've not had time in their lives since they were literally consciously able to go back and think of having time. And this is the first time they are meeting themselves as a person, thinking about what they want instead of what they should be doing by this age and by that age. And they're learning to self-communicate. They're observing things like their tone, their gestures, their effect on others. Because they're seeing their own effect on themselves and their own mental awareness of that. And one of the biggest reasons why that was able to be put off was because of technology. They're all in that age where they lived through a screen for a good portion of their lives. So the questions I was getting, I was surprised at. Like, what do I do now? Like there was nothing else in them, nothing else in their life. Some people, I had to write back to say, hey, wait a minute, you are actually a person. You are not a computer chip. You're not here to follow a template. You're here to be you within the way run the way life runs. Because the more attention that you focus on who you are and who you're speaking to in your mind and really listen to what you're saying, the more your own thoughts will resonate with you. And when you start to hear your own thoughts, You become empathetic, like, "Mm, you know, if I do that, will I be hurting myself because you have nobody else to hurt? Will I be taking away from myself? And the labels of like, you know, well, I'm just ADD, or I just have anxiety, or I just, and we say this to each other, normal conversation. Oh, I always get anxious with that. Oh, I have issues with that. These blanket descriptions of ourselves. And now we're saying, at least the people I'm trying to pull through this, and we're doing great, is that this time isn't about focusing on what's inside of you outside of you because what's outside of you doesn't exist. You are left to think about what you eat, when you sleep, how you organize your own life. And they get it 
once I say it. It's like they there needs to be this leadership mechanism in us that we turned off thinking, well, we'll wait until the CDC tells us what to do. <laughs> we'll wait until the president gets on TV and tells us what to do, or my governor, or my mayor. But we already know what we don't know, and we already know we're going to be home. And we also know we won't have time like this in this way again. And a part of me is kind of weirdly grieving that because the people that I am working with have the time to do this stuff. And I have the time, even though I'm busier than I ever was right now, but I, I make the time and have the time to follow through and say, hey, how is this? I have a guy who started cooking, ordering all the ingredients, wouldn't go out shopping, um, didn't want to be outside, was truly a germaphobe, and found out that there was one cookbook that after three recipes, they were off of recipes, and he's like, well, I'm going to take this cookbook and throw it out. The actual recipes weren't bad. It was the equipment they asked them, I guess, to use um, – what are those called, those iron pans? You know, they're, they're really, really heavy, and he burned himself. And one of them pretty badly because the, the pan was so heavy and what they were asking someone to do wasn't feasible. They didn't work it out in the book. So he threw the book away because he realized instead of keeping it because he bought it and, and maybe one day he'll use it and it gets stuffed in a corner, he was so mentally efficient that he said, this book doesn't work for me and it wouldn't be good for anybody else because if it didn't work for me, who am I going to give it to? And he threw it away. Just made decisions. And he has a, a label to himself. He calls himself OCD. Well, my OCD won't let me do this. Seriously? That's your excuse? There's another person when we get in an argument. It's like, well, I have MS. And I'm like, don't throw that in there. Don't cheat yourself to that level that you're going to label yourself and then your only job is to live up to the label. Seriously? Don't do that. Labels are dangerous because we only live up to the label. We don't go past it. We just make sure we're a great OCD person. We make sure we're a great MS person. Critical times. If you want to talk about critical care and intensive care, we have been in an emotional intensive care of learning to make decisions and structure our own days for ourselves according to what we are attracted to. In this time, we are starting to see that every anger we have stems from a fear. And we manage that fear by labeling the fear. I was abused. People were mean to me. I was bullied. How long are we going to say those things and use them to camouflage our own lives? At the end of the day, we were all bullied at some point in life. 
whether it was emotionally or physically. But how come some of us chose to stay in that mindset and some of us chose to put it in perspective? Could it have been just the time to think it through? Been a great excuse or buffer between us and life that kind of we felt protected us? What have we been doing till now? So once we start talking about what we fear, we truly just started getting real with ourselves. I do that. And I no longer want to. So I'm I'm going to try something different right now. We're taking our worries, the things we worried about, the things we knew in the back of our head was over there kind of scratching at us. And we're, we're saying things like, I don't want that scratching in the back of my head anymore. I don't want to be concerned about how I take care of myself. Why don't I just take care of myself? What would it be like to eat better? Oh, well, I think it would be weird at first. It's anything we do is going to be weird at first, whether it's the food we eat alone like this. That's weird at first. We're all going, oh, my God, what do I do with this time? And we just kind of transferred what we were busy on the outside to being busy in our homes. And then we ran out of things to do there, and we started peeling that onion. And what happens when we cut into an onion? It makes us cry. It makes tears come out of our eyes. What we needed. That's where our compassion starts to show up from our, between our heart and our mind. Like, wow, you know, you really did do your best. The fact that someone cut it up, that's not my problem. That's their problem. But I did my best. Even if my best was really something horrific, like I was willing to hurt someone's feelings. I was willing to hurt my own feelings. That's why I was willing to hurt someone else's feelings. Because my anger, my anger, I'm so pissed at the world for not being what I wanted to be. Well, wait a minute. Why don't I create the world that I want my life to be? Why is it that I fear my own anger? I fear my anger, so people should fear me. People don't just run away for no reason. I would have had to have given them a reason. But what reason was I giving them? How could I not see that? And you start having these productive thoughts while you're walking from the living room to the bathroom. Because where else are you going to go? Or while you walk into the kitchen, even if you're just going to put yourself a bowl of cereal, you're thinking. Our brain is thinking. And it becomes more and more real every single day. And the personal worries we had, the concerns, the common thoughts that we had every day, we're not in a common situation anymore So now the thoughts are changing. 
They're like, oh, oh, this is a new one. Tell me this story. How you snapped at your teenager just because they're around all day now. How do you fix that? Ah, maybe I should go back and have a talk with my child. And maybe this time I should listen. I should hear them. What are they saying? Instead of thinking them as my child, geez, this is a person that I'm sending out into the world. What am I putting in them? Am I hurting them with my hurt? Because they're doing the same stuff I do. And then when I see them do the stuff I do, I get more mad at them for doing the stuff I do because I'm already mad at myself for doing it. Think about that. Now we're starting to feel like a team. Families are walking out of this with a different level of respect, not only for themselves, but for each other. Point of being real. And once we become real with each other, like there's no fake fear between us. There's no lack of empathy. Now we have empathy. We're starting to see each other as people because we're seeing ourselves as people. And then we get to the point where we want to take better care. Better care than that. We can now look at fear in a different way. Be real with the people around us, like admitting that maybe what we did wasn't so cool. That we shouldn't snap at each other. And then the way we heal that isn't just by going back and saying we're sorry, but also by being together long enough for it not to happen again for like 15 consecutive times. That's usually how long it takes for somebody to believe you. The minute that happens, the trust starts to build. And as the trust is building amongst us, we start taking care of better care better care of ourselves. We're more positive psychologically. And we become more productive and our stress becomes less. And the things that do stress us are real, like we don't have enough money. Or thank God we do have enough money. We can't get the groceries we need, but thank God for the groceries we can get. Yes, we can't go out, but thank God for the time we have to do this because none of us would have chosen to lock ourselves up in a house and face ourselves and face each other. But hey, God, good one. Thank you. Like Christ said this week, rerouting, not rerouting. Rerouting comes after we reroute and we are rerouting in this time in a way we could have never, ever saw coming. If you want to talk about bridging your soul back to you, we just went through it. Because what is the end product once you've taken care of yourself 
is you change the way your internal thoughts are playing around in your own head. Your thoughts, your feelings, your behavior, they're all connected. One can't hide from the other. And we naturally change them because we have faced them and we say, hey, that one wasn't working out for me so well. And it sets off a chain of events that become more positive. And the changing is in our cells, in our brains. Our mind and our soul are getting along. They're not fighting each other. Saying, no, you can't tell them the truth. Oh, yes, you can. Oh, no, you can't. Oh, yes, you can. Yes, you can. Because you're telling you the truth. It's a good day. It's a good way to end the weekend. I thank you for all the letters. I just thought it's the only way I could break it down is to break it down. Have a great weekend. Moms, happy Mother's Day. I will see you Monday morning. Bye-bye. You have been listening to today's Daily Dose of the Nadia Khalil Morning Show. To learn more, visit www.nadiakhalil.com.